following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. There were a lot of other stories we could have ended with. We could have talked about the journeys of Paul, his mission journeys planting churches. That would have been easy. We're a church plant. We get that. But I think right now we need to hear this story. That coming one day is the king. If you ever have read the book of Revelation, there are a lot of things in it. And there are a lot of interpretations of those things. And I promise you one day as a church, either in a sermon series or in a Bible study, we will sit down and we will talk about the seven churches in Asia and the seven spirits at the throne and the seven seals and all this stuff that happens in Revelation. But what I want to focus on today is the right now, but the not yet. That as John addresses the church in the beginning of this book, there's this reminder there that he says, son who is slain, the one whose blood has given us forgiveness. I love when we read from the Jesus Storybook Bible as it talks about revelation, the dream of heaven that's to come. It says again and again that heaven is coming to earth. And there's a temptation in our culture to over-spiritualize where heaven is. Uh, I don't know how many of you might have encountered in your lifetime precious moments. There were these little figurines that um, were real big when I was a kid. And they probably had their heyday, and there's, I think there's still some out there. I, I probably have some packed in a box. My parents moved a couple years ago, and they, like, deep Marie Kondo purged everything. The problem was they purged a lot, but then a lot of it ended up at my house. And I said, listen, we had a storage deal here where my junk was at your place. I don't need it back. But then it made it to my house. Even boxes that were actually my brother's and sister's junk made it to my house. That's annoying. But I remember uh, when I was a kid, these precious moments, ideas, and there were actually some really cool ways to, um, some books they had written, some stories they told that really connected with Bible stories, but there was also this big emphasis on um, kind of the angelic uh, cherub idea that for me, whenever you think of saying, oh, the angel playing their harp, for me, immediately a precious moment pops into my head. That I look and I go, oh, it's this spiritualized version of heaven. And as we talk about heaven and the revelation that God has brought, I want us to try and step away from that idea that says, Heaven is this solely spiritual place where one day we'll go and we'll float around and it'll be perfect. But instead, to look at what heaven is, I want us to go from the end back to the beginning. That when God creates and he builds the garden, when he creates Adam and Eve and looks and says it is good, when perfection happens, it is a physical and spiritual place. That when the king returns, it's 
it's not that all of this will disappear, but it actually says that everything will be made new, that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And what happens is the separation between the two disappears. That when we look and it says that heavenly city descends, it's the separation between us and God is removed. That everything that is beautiful about this world will be made perfect. And I can't think of a better time for us to talk about that than right now. Culturally, ecologically, and then on a global scale, there is so much happening. Globally, we look around the world and see the suffering that is happening, not only because of the pandemic, but now also our hearts break as we watch what's happening in Afghanistan. And as I look, I wonder, did I forget for a while that that was going on? That we have had people serving over there for 20 years. It blows my mind when I look and I go, I can remember all 20 of those years. And how often I forget not only of the people who are serving over there, but also that in the world there is an evil that seeks to destroy no matter what's around it. We look and we see a hurricane barreling down 16 years almost to the day that Katrina came through, and now... Ida is bearing down on New Orleans, on Baton Rouge, on the Gulf Coast. I woke up this morning praying that we learned our lesson 16 years ago. But I lived in Baton Rouge for a year. Those are hardy people. Those are people who understand hurricanes. We rode out a, a Category 1 hurricane while we were there. And I'll tell you what, people thought it was a heavy rainstorm. These are people who understand what hurricanes are. They've experienced them. But they know what a Category 5 is. Because 16 years ago, they experienced Katrina. I look at social media, and we are yelling at each other about everything. I'm watching relationships be destroyed, friendships be pulled apart, families be torn in two. And this week we talk about Revelation. The right now, but the not yet. Right now we are living all of those things. We are living through all that hurt, that sorrow. And those are just the big things. I don't know if there are things going on in your life that are struggles that are sadness, that are things that we can't figure out. But when we look of the dream of heaven that's to come, as we look and we say, right now we live for the not yet, which is to come.
live right now through all of this, knowing that one day the Lord returns and says there will be no more tears. Everything will be made new. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. And I look forward on that day in the resurrection that will happen. Where Jesus returns and those who have been asleep in Him, those who followed Him, who He claimed as His own, He will raise again to life. And that is insanity and I am so about it. I can't explain to you what will happen when Jesus comes? We have some ideas from Revelation. There should be some trumpets involved. But the prayer that John writes of come Lord quickly has been the prayer of the church ever since. Come Lord quickly. These were people who saw Jesus, who knew Him, who walked with Him, and they prayed, Come, Lord, quickly. And then the church formed and was brought into the Roman Empire, and things happened, and it grew, but also it grew more corrupt because men and women saw the church as a means to an end instead of the gift of God for His people. And over centuries, a German monk came along after the hard work of others before him and nailed 95 theses to a door and said, this is not what it's about. And there was a reformation. And now almost 500 years later, over 500 years later, we sit in a school cafeteria looking at the world around us Still praying, come, Lord, quickly. Because I can't stand up here and give you the solution to everything going on around us. I can't tell you what will solve everything, what will make everything right, what will fix everything. What I can say is we pray, come, Lord, quickly. Because we know the only thing that can truly fix it all, the only thing that can make all things new, is the coming of the King. That in the midst of this world, in the midst of everything going on, there is only one thing that fixes it all. And that is the King returning. My fear is that too often, instead of saying, come, Lord, quickly, we echo a classic line from Lord of the Rings where the steward of Gondor looks and says, Gondor has no king. Gondor needs no king. And I think too often we look at our lives, we look at ourselves, and we say, I need no king, and I have no king. I am the king or queen on my throne. We have to check ourselves when we experience that. We have to stop and slow down and say, 
No, my prayer is not, I am the king. It's may the king come quickly. There's a lot of solutions that different churches are putting out right now to how do we fix what's going on in our world. Maybe it's that we become people who solely focus on justice, that if we can fix the injustices of the world, then maybe the world will become better and better and better. And I can tell you right now that that is not what we confess. That's not what Scripture says. It says all are unrighteous. Maybe on the other side, it's if we can take our values and our morals and our ethics, and if we can take those things and make them the law of the land, well then we'll fix everything and heaven will come to earth. Every time the church has tried to do that, has tried to make the government and the church one, what it ends up doing is destroying people. Because the message is, well, to find salvation, you have to act the right way. But when we confess, come, Lord, quickly, when we look and we say we live right now for the not yet that is coming, that the Savior is coming again, we can look at the world and say there is injustice and we as a people cannot be quiet about it. But not because we can fix everything but because our Savior came and He said that we came to be servants because He came to be a servant. That when the prophet Micah says to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly, that that is a message from us because that is what our Savior did and there is no servant greater than their Master. We also know that we are called to follow Him in the way we live. We are called to follow Jesus and say, I give up the things of the world to follow after Him because I'm living now for the not yet. That there are things that we struggle with, sins we can't let go of, issues that we need His help on. confessions that we cannot give up, truth that we cannot say is untrue. But the issue with either side of the argument is they are trying to build a utopia here on earth, and that doesn't exist. That only happens when the king returns. And so we look at the world and we say, Lord, help me to do justice and love mercy because I want to mend what I can while I'm here. We look and we say, Lord, help me to follow you. Help my morals, help my ethics, help how I interact with people reflect you, because I trust that your ways are better than the ways of the world. But come, Lord, quickly. The victory of the book of Revelation is not a country, it's not a race, 
is not even a single denomination of church. The victory of Revelation is that the king returns. And all fear is gone. All heartache is gone. And hope is fully restored. There are a lot of things we can't fix. But there are things in your life that the Lord has put in front of you, in front of me. And he has called us forward. Because the joy we have is that our justice and mercy does not save us. Our righteousness and morality does not save us. But the Lamb who sits on the throne gave his blood and shed it for us. There's a song um, written by a guy named Andrew Peterson that has really, over the past six months, been on repeat in my car. And it's just titled with a simple question, Is He Worthy? And it starts off with a call and response of the worship leader and the church. They go back and forth. Who is worthy? Who is worthy? And it gets to the question, is he worthy? And the response is, yes, he is, which is a scriptural reference to the book of Revelation. When the saints gathered together are asking the question, who is worthy to open the book of life? Who is worthy to break the seals on the scrolls? Who is worthy? And the response is, he is worthy. The king is worthy. Our joy in confessing, come Lord quickly, is that it has nothing to do with us. It is all the work of Jesus for us. But when we confess, come Lord quickly, we look right now and say, Lord, what can I do to help? Where I am with what's going on, what can I do to help? Because every bit we can help mend the world doesn't point people towards utopia, but points them to the King who is with us right now, but is yet to come in His glory. Let's pray. Lord, come quickly. There's heartache, there's brokenness, there's tension, there's fallen relationships. So much is happening in this world. So Lord, we ask as the church has always asked to come quickly, that there would be no more tears, that everything would be made new. Bring us all and lay it 